got friends, only wanna talk business. I got expensive, cause when is expensive. I got expensive, cause when is expensive. I've been all the work, I've been getting all the work, and I've been shutting down the stars. And welcome to Put That Coffee Down, the Freight Sales Show for Closers. As always, I'm Kevin Hill here with Richie Daigle, and we are going to talk about sales, freight sales, about closing, about continuing education today. Always be learning. Always be learning. Always be closing. Always be learning. It's the key to the game. It really is. You know, I don't think that you can not learn. It's more a matter of, what I know are, a few people who cannot learn. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, what are you learning? I think that a lot boils down to what is it that you're learning? I, it really does. And, and one of the, the, the most surprising statistics I always see out there, uh, I, I can never get the, the source of it, but living a life in sales, around a lot of different sales jobs, I can, it, you know, I, I can relate to this, really. Uh, and Anthony Inarino, uh, he's a best-selling author and sales consultant. He referenced a number in a survey in a recent blog post, and that number is this, quote, over 90% of salespeople have never read a single sales book. If that's true, it's a sad statistic. It also might be an indictment of those of us who are write books for not writing something salespeople want to read. So uh, can you relate to that figure? Do you think about nine out of 10? Salespeople have never read an actual sales book. It's possible, you know. Uh, I feel like the salespeople that I'm a, that I know, it'd, it'd be a greater percentage of that. Uh, I, the, the the ones we know probably uh, the, the ones we work with now. Right. That that is that is definitely true. But I've been in a lot of sales jobs where no one ha has ever read a, a sales book. And, and mm -hmm. to put that in perspective, I mean, if you're a doctor, if you're a lawyer, if you're an engineer, it's continuous learning. Yeah, and I think that's important. You hit the nail on the head. Like, you want to have more of, you know, Carolyn Dweck, the psychologist, talks a lot about growth mindsets versus fixed mindsets. Mm -hmm. And I think that some salespeople have more of that fixed mindset. I figured this out. I know I know what it takes to be successful. And then they set up their defenses and they go mm -hmm. out and they, why do I need to learn anything? I got it all sorted out. Now, I've met a lot of salespeople like that. I've worked with a lot of salespeople like that. They have that, that fixed mindset. You know, I had a good year last year. I know how to sell. Yep. You know, I don't need to talk to anyone. I don't need to learn anything new about selling because I'm making a living doing it right now. Exactly. I think that's a big problem. I think the growth mindset is a much healthier approach to have because it's saying, I can always move forward. I can always learn more. I can always get better. Mm -hmm. And there is no destination in that growth mindset. You never arrive and you say, hey, I'm smart. It's like being healthy. You don't just wake up one day and say, I've achieved healthiness. I'm going to go eat cake for breakfast. <laughs> like, it's just not a thing that, that happens. It, it's, it's not. And, and I, I, you were telling me a story right before we went on, on camera uh, about you know working on an account for 18 months, a salesperson, a story about that. Wasn't getting where he wasn't getting the clothes. I guess he was getting somewhere. Or she was getting somewhere, uh, but that commission check was a million dollars after 18 months. So, I would posit this this out there to, to all the salespeople listening right now. If you haven't cashed a million dollar sales check, there's room for growth. Yeah, there's it, plenty of room for growth in education to push yourself and give yourself the, the knowledge and the wisdom to go out and maybe one day get a million-dollar commission check. Yep, and yeah, know what game you're playing. Are you playing speed chess or are you playing in, you know, world champion chess tournaments where you have all day, right? Like, there's exactly. a lot of, are you 
pure tactics and speed, go, go, go? Or are you more, uh, you know, learning position and strategy and, and able to do yeah. big things? And when you say a million dollars over 18 months, I mean, that's pretty quick, actually. You don't make a million dollar commission check or a million dollar sell of anything tomorrow, no. right? It's not a 24 no. hour sell cycle. So 18 months, I mean, that's, that's, that's really in the grand scheme of things. That's a, that's a really nice time frame. But you also, you're juggling a lot of uncertainty in that you place, are. right? There's a lot of risk. Is it going to happen? And there's more risk if you're not informed, if you're not reading. Mm -hmm. So today, we are going to come to class prepared. We have our list of, of each of us have a list of five sales books, or maybe six. Uh, some of us cheat a little bit. Uh, five <laughs> or six sales books uh, that every salesperson should read. And, yep. and we really believe that. I asked that question, uh, what's your favorite sales book out on LinkedIn? And I need to read a couple sales books. I haven't read any in, in a couple, three months. And I, I've, I got some great recommendations here. Uh, Never Split the Difference was a, a very popular one on the post. And it's mm -hmm. a, kind of a very popular one between us, too. That's Nick Dangles and Trey Griggs. I selected that. Sell Different by Lee Saul. So that's Andy Hedrick mentioned that. Lee is a great guy. Great book as well. He's been on the show a couple of times. If you haven't listened to it, or watch that episode, you can go back and, and review both of the, maybe three episodes that he's been on, on Put That Coffee Down, Influence, The Psychology of Persuasion, and that was uh, from our very own Thomas Watson, who mm -hmm. writes Loaded and Rolling, and he's premiering a new show uh, about enterprise carriers here in the next week nice. or two, yeah. I Never Stop Selling, um, that's by John Russo, that's Chris Seeds, um, did that one, and then Supply Chain for Dummies, uh, Daniel Satan, of course, who's the author of that, <laughs> along with uh, Cassandra Gaines, who will be on the show next week, and she has her own show here on Freight Waves TV every Friday at 3 p.m., Mad Gaines, uh, of course, uh, Navigating B2B. Steve Ferrara likes that book. It, I like it, too. It's a great book. Steve should like it because he wrote that one. Uh, so we have a lot of authors promoting their own books, uh, mm -hmm. How to Win Friends and Influence People, John Piper, classic, 1936. I'll have more to say about that here in a few minutes. Winning, and that was recommended by Michael Nemi. And then The Psychology of Selling, Nick Romer uh, suggested that. And then our very own Tim Ingram, who writes Medically Necessary Now, just had a quote from The Godfather. Yep. And that's, this is all anyone needs to know. I'll make them an offer you can't refuse. <laughs> and there were, more, there were more on that list. We didn't get to everybody, and please keep them coming. I think there's a lot of uh, you know, activity on LinkedIn around books, and it's a great place to share ideas and, and what books were meaningful to you. So continue to do that. I think it's a good, good use of that space. I, I think it is. I, I think I, I didn't get to, to people who commented on your post as well, Richie. Yeah, yeah, there were. There were, there were a few. There's uh, a couple notable ones that came out uh, Austin Jett said the compound effect. Um, then there were the five temptations of a CEO. That was Alex Carusi. And then Rebecca, uh, Rebecca, I don't know how to say your last name. Please forgive me. Wieserek, I believe. Fanatical prospecting. Is, is oh, yeah. yeah. Really so I've read Fanatical Prospecting, and I forgot to put it on my list. But it, it's really good. So I play uh, Jet Blount and prospecting. I love prospecting. I think it's a great equalizer. I always talk about that. Mm -hmm. So that's uh, certainly partial, near and dear to my own heart, I should say. So let's start with our books. Richie, you go first, and we'll talk about each of yours, and then we'll, we'll flip over to mine. 
So I think that there's an important distinction here. And I took this as top five books that all salespeople should, should read, mm -hmm. not necessarily top five sales books. Yes. Right. So I think that a lot of the books that are on my list are not necessarily sales books, but they are very important books that every salesperson in my mind should mm -hmm. read. Uh, and the first one is Think Again by Adam Grant. Uh, fantastic book. And it makes me, to sum up this book, I would use a quote from the comedian Tim Minchin. He said, you know, everybody says that opinions are like assholes and that everybody has one. Tim Minchin says, I would differ and say that opinions are much different than assholes and that everybody should be constantly examined on a daily basis. And I think that's kind of the, the, what we're getting at with, with Think Again is take your opinions, your beliefs, anything that you hold to be true and test it rigorously, constantly, because everything in the world is constantly changing. And what was true five years ago may not be true today. The only thing in the universe that is a constant is change. And uh, Nicholas Taleb, the black swan author uh, of that fame, uh, th this goes into the kind of what the heart of what he's always saying is that if you play chess, I know, Richie, you, you like playing chess, you're bound by the rules, mm -hmm. right? You can only navigate based on the rules of chess, whereas life, there are no rules. The rules are changing. meteorocracy, right? Yeah. It meteorocracy. And it's always constantly changing, so you have to adapt your thinking to the latest trends, what's going to work, what's not, what worked five minutes ago might not work five minutes in the future. And you have to be willing to accept information that could change your beliefs, right? Yes. You have to be open to it. I mean, this is how we get smarter as people, you know, in a species, mm -hmm. is we, we bring new information to light and go, ooh, I didn't know that. You know, we, we, Chris Voss talks about that and he calls it black swans, the unknown yes. unknowns, right? So like, mm -hmm. that's that was my number one. I think, and I, I lead out with this and I say, if you've read none of these books on my list, I would read them in this order because it kind of sets your mind up. <laughs> Start off with just deconstructing everything that you hold to be true. And now we have a good blank slate to work mm -hmm. off of <laughs> for the rest of these books is kind of the thought. So yeah, number two on my list was The Art of Learning by Josh Waitzkin. Um, fantastic exploration and what really goes into becoming a master at anything from being able to quickly learn information to how to build internal triggers that can put you, your mentality into the quote unquote zone at will. Um, and, and it's fantastic. He's a, you know, a, a top, you know, grandmaster chess player. He was a grandmaster at the age of 13, I believe. The, the movie Searching for Bobby Fischer is about mm -hmm. him. But he also went on to be a world champion Tai Chi martial artist. And so he talks a lot about of his experiences and a lot of how he goes about really venturing into the, the depths of rabbit holes to, to become a, a real master at something. Fantastic book. I think that helps with, with philosophy and understanding life is becoming a master at something. Mm -hmm. You know, you know, pouring something, whether it sells or a hobby or, or something, especially at an early age, I think that helps. And I, and I think it's helpful, even if you don't have the life bandwidth to really go deep and, and truly master something, I think it's good to read about what is entailed in, in a mastering process, like a, mm -hmm. somebody that's done it multiple times. Uh, I think that can be eye-opening to realize, okay, this is what it really takes.
Yeah, you're exactly right. What's your what's number three, Richie? So three and four, same same authors. So I was trying to like put them in there, right? I'm just, just trying to slide it in there. But Simon Sinek, start with why. Uh, if you don't know why you do what you do, find out. And and it's it's a process that I think you need to do with another person that knows you well to really uncover the thing that makes you drive. Like what is that burning core of motivation deep within your bo- within your bones that, that makes you go? Not money or fame or any of these other kind of things on the surface, but what really makes you drive? Uh, find out your why. And once you know that, you can better communicate. It makes you more effective and uh, great book. It is a great book. I've read Start With Why as well. It's very applicable to sales. It's really a sales book. Uh, people buy, people move on why, that reptilian part of our brain, uh, our gut instincts, and that is all about the why, the how and the what are secondary to the why. So we talk about this all the time too. We make decisions as human beings based on our gut instinct, our reptilian mind, and then we use... Uh, you know, rational and logical, you know, philosophies or, or, or thought processes or use logic to rationalize mm-hmm. why we did something. But the reason why we really did it is that impulse, right. that reptilian mind, uh, that gut instinct. And we can't really explain it, but we use logic to, to try to explain it. But everyone makes their decisions, their purchasing decisions, especially with that. So you really have to tap in. And that's a reoccurring theme through all these books, right? Mm-hmm. People make decisions based off emotions. Yes. They justify their emotional decisions with logic. Mm-hmm. And so, and, and and that's why you see committees and big organizations to make decisions. You know, and these things happen. Is well, because, that's the reason why they never make a decision. <laughs> the bigger the committee, <laughs> right. uh, the, the harder it is to, to make a decision. There's a lot of conflicting emotions. There is, yes. And so you have somebody over there that's trying to quiet the emotions to bring the logic to the surface, but still there's always going to be emotions at play. Mm-hmm. And so if you know how to speak to that and speak that language and kind of grow your emotional you know, IQ, if you will, uh, it, it can make a big difference. And, and the second book by him is Infinite Game, which I think is incredibly helpful for the mentality of a salesperson uh, because... Sales, even though we have finite quotas, finite numbers, we're judged by finite metrics, ultimately it is an infinite game, mm-hmm. right? There is no, you don't get to a point in sales where it's like, you've done it, you've won. You don't have to. <laughs> you, you don't. You, you really don't. That, that million dollar commission check seems small once you get it. Mm-hmm. And you need $5 million. Exactly. And then it, what, it is. You know, what are you going to do? When is it enough? Right. And, mm-hmm. and that's, you know, when you start meshing those two, when you have a strong why for what you're doing, and then you apply that in an infinite mindset, mm-hmm. now you have a motivation that's going to constantly be running and ticking. Yep. So, number five to sell as human, Dan Pink. Uh, I think this is a straightforward sales book that does a fantastic job of just saying, you know what? Be yourself, you know? Sales is a part of life. Sales is something that's going to mesh into all facets of life. And it's a great book of just very practical, down-to-earth, honest tactics for navigating sales and, and putting yourself in a good position. Uh, I think it's a must. I think it's, it's, it's the ABCs of selling to me. 
Yeah, and we're all salespeople, no matter what position in life you have. You're, you're always selling somebody. You're always persuading somebody, or you're always influencing somebody. It's just part of being a social animal like like we are, human humankind. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. So last on my list is... So six. So really, yeah, you, you yeah. have seven books, yeah, not even six. <laughs> okay. It's fine. I, I can't make decisions sometimes. Um <laughs> Never split the difference by Chris Voss. I, and it's mostly tactics. There's some that I, you know, I, I differ with them here and there, mm-hmm. um, but it's fantastic uh, for understanding how to get a level underneath what's being communicated, what's being communicated with words, and what's being communicated underneath the surface, and tapping into that, bringing that out and onto the surface. And starting to have more authentic conversations. I think it's a great book. It, it is a great book. And, you know, the words are only about 10% of communication. Right. Like 90% of communication is nonverbal. And it kind of, so, so if you're just depending on the words and verbal communication, uh, you really need to expand. You really need to probe. You really need to, to, to get underneath it all. And this is a, a great guide for it. It's one of my top five, too. And one of the things that I really take away from this book is the power of no. Oh, the, yeah. The, the power of no. You know, as salespeople, we're, we're always taught to, to get that agreement, to, to get these yes questions. Yes, yes, yes. Series of questions to elicit a yes answer. And the problem with that is that you corner people. People feel powerless because you're asking questions where it's obvious yes. They have no choice to, 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 to say no. But if you ask questions that allow people to say no and encourage it, when someone says no, you get a lot of power. You you feel like you're in control. And here's a a couple quotes. You know, it has a lot of skills. No, No allows the real issues to be brought forth. No protects people from making and lets them correct ineffective decisions. No slows things down so that people can freely embrace their decisions and the agreements they can enter into. No helps people feel safe, secure, emotionally comfortable, and in control of their decisions. It also allows people to, and I think the the other quote kind of said it, embrace their decisions. So if you allow people to say no, then they they can pivot into having some power and control, control of their their own self, and to, to really segue into creating their own idea. What do you, when you do that early on, and he talks about this in the book, get ask a question that gets a no answer really early. Yeah. And what you do is you create an environment that is truly collaborative. We always mm-hmm. talk about collaborative sales. How do you do that? Like, how do you actually create this environment where you can get buy-in and collaboration? You have to make the other piece person feel safe. Mm-hmm. And a great way to do that is to ask a question that elicits a no, because now, hey, I have some control, right? Yeah. I'm going to correct you. Now, there's a free-flowing conversation right. too when when both parties can say no. Exactly. Right, and, and that's where a lot of sales happen is during that because I mean, what, what's a no? Just an objection. And what do people do oftentimes after? And this happened to me this week. Mm-hmm. I sent an email, just saying I'm assuming something, knowing that I was wrong. Yeah. Just to get them to to correct me and say you shouldn't assume they actually mm-hmm. said that in the email. But then the next five sentences were all the information that I really wanted. Yep. Here's what's going on with us. Like, you know, and so a lot of people, once they feel more comfortable, are going to be much more forthcoming with, with 
information that you want as a salesperson. You're exactly right. So let's get to my top five sales book. I didn't order these. These are in no particular. They're just kind of random, uh, starting with maybe my favorite. I, I think this is actually the one that every salesperson should read. It's from 1936. It's the granddaddy of them all, as they say about the Rose Bowl. It's 85 years old. It's How to Win Friends and Influence People. It's Del Carnegie. It is spectacularly simple, and it never changes. You know, human beings really don't change. Right, we're the same, same as we were 10,000 years ago, 20,000 years ago. We're the same. That's the reason why this book is a classic. Uh, a couple of key takeaways. There's only one way to make someone do something, which is making them want to do it. And that Hawk Finn, if it's their idea, and that's what the, you know, um, never split the difference. That's really, you know, creating true collaboration where it's the other person's idea or they have ownership of that idea. Yep. You can move forward, not really any buyer's remorse. And also, you can make more friends in two months by becoming generally interested in other people than you can in two years trying to get people interested in you. So it's all, always about the other person. Mm -hmm. uh, number two is the 10X Rule by Grant Cardone. You know, some people like Grant Cardone, some people don't. Uh, but the 10X Rule uh, is a book that I read, and it kind of just, you know, changed, changed me. You know, it's, it's really all about no matter what you do in life, it's 10 times harder than you think it's going to be. If you want to, uh, to get that million-dollar uh, mission check, shoot for $10 million. Do the activity to get the $10 million, and maybe you'll get to a to million dollars. If you just shoot for a million, you're just going to underperform. It's like the, uh, the, the quote that, that I learned when I was going through EMT school like years and years ago, that in the moment of truth, you will not rise to the level of your expectations, but you will fall to the level of your training. Exactly right. That, that is exactly it. Here's a quote from the book. Average is a failing plan. Average doesn't work in any area of life. Anything that you give only average amounts of attention to will start to subside and will eventually cease to exist. Right? If you're going to shoot for average results, you're probably going to get below average. You shoot for incredible results and you just get average, Hey, great, just ramp it up a notch. And and that's where the infinite and finite, right? You, right. you have infinite amounts of ideas, creativity, energy. Uh, you can never tap out until the day you die. Yep. You can always go in every single day, all in, all the time. Um, number three, I think, Made to Stick, Chip and Dan Heath. Uh, it's, it's a marketing book I read about 10 years ago. Uh, it has all the, it really has all the basics for sticky ideas. Things that, that ideas that, that will stick in, in someone's mind long after you leave the table, right? It's not facts and figures. It's all about the story. About the narrative. Right. It's all about suspense. It's all about drama. Stories really. are huge. I mean, that's, yeah. that's how all these people that memorize these massive lists, they create these crazy mm -hmm. stories that incorporate all of these, you know, 500 words, and then yep. they can recite 500 words because of the story. So they yeah. relate it to the stories. And also, beware of the course of knowledge. We all work in our jobs. We know everything about our companies. We know everything about our services. We think it's simple day after day, and we talk on a level of jargon that the outside world does not understand. If you're selling complex things, complex ideas, you have to dumb it down like you're, like, like you're talking to somebody who's never heard who you are, who your company is, what your service is, but not 
be uh, patronizing about it. Yep. So that is always a tough one. We all get in our heads and do that. Uh, my fourth book is Never Split the Difference. We talked about that. Hey, we have one. Hey, I know we have one. I, here. I, I, I started to start with why as well. I had a couple of others on the list, but I, I, I took them off because okay. I didn't want to do too many repetitive things. But Fair enough. you know, I can't say enough about that book right there. And then I'll round it off. You know, this is 100 pages. It's very simple to read. If you're a salesperson, uh, you should just read it because you can read it in a day. Is how to get your point across in 30 seconds or less. Uh, it is, is taking word salad and, and monologues and boiling them down to 20 to 30 second sound bites. Uh, I wrote a lot of emails off of this. 120 to 140 words. You know, the reason why commercials are 30 seconds? You know that? Why are they always going to be 30 seconds? That's what's going to stick in your brain, I would assume. It is. That's our attention span. 30 yeah. seconds. 30 that's seconds, it. we're on to something else. So if you're speaking for two minutes, you have to have four 30-second sound bites on there. And it really gives kind of the, uh, the, the basics of that message, which is have a clear-cut objective, know your listener, have a hook, paint the picture, and then call to action. Always a call to action. Great stuff. It is great, great stuff. stuff. It is great stuff. So that's our books, and that's really all the time we have for it today. Uh, we could have gone more in depth on on any of those and and stress this out further, but maybe we'll do a part two here yeah. in the next few weeks and get a few more books because there's a lot that we've left off the list. Uh, but great. LinkedIn, you can find uh, both of us, Kevin Hill, Richie Daigle, on there. But this wraps it up for Put That Coffee Down This Week. I got friends, only wanna talk business. I got expensive, cause winning's expensive. I got expensive, cause winning's expensive. I've been winning all the work, I've been winning all the work, and I've been shutting down the start.